You've played the missions, but do you really know the lore? We are here to be your guides. Your guardians. This is Guardians of Lore. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, Guardians. Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is a little lore episode for the 2021 Festival of the Lost wrap-up. I am your host for this episode, and my name is Orchid. And I am Elemist. That's super cheerful. Hello. Yo. Yo. We encourage feedback. It can be sent to us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore. You can tweet at me at hey, it's Orchid. You can tweet at Elemist at I underscore am underscore Elemist. You can also send us an email at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. You can leave us a review wherever you can find the podcast. You can talk to us in our Discord. Uh, there is a link to the, like, I, it's like I've never done this before. There's a link to the invite in the description for this episode, but you can also find us at discord.gg slash lorehub. It's way wow. easier. Just do that. Shut up. This is like you put it actually in the show notes for the first time. And it totally threw me off. Like usually <laughs> I know how to do it. And now I'm like reading the thing and I'm like, wait, the fuck? Like this is the first time you've changed it. And you put it in the thing and now I didn't know what to do. You commented so enough on it that I'm like, all right, we need to change it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm going to blame Thanksgiving on all of this. <laughs> happy Thanksgiving, by the way. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Um, you can also find our info on thelornetwork.com alongside many impressive lore content creators. After this blunder, they're going to remove us, so we're probably not there next week. Uh, that's close enough. <laughs> like, you can't read, so <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. How are you going to handle um, lore if you can't read? <laughs> I don't know. This is a reading <laughs> podcast. Can you read? <laughs> I don't know sometimes, to be completely honest. <laughs> like, my God. So this week at Guardians of Lore, we have two twabs to go over because last week we didn't do one because Halo came out. So have you been playing a lot of Halo? Because I have. That's all I play now. I've been doing Nightfall Strikes. That's been How many have you done now? 25. <laughs> oh, my God. Because it said double rewards. That includes rep. I'm trying to get the fucking blanket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that rocket launcher <sighs> blanket is really spicy. Well, and, and a lot of it is, is just me trying to check the boxes off because that's how I am mentally. Mm -hmm. But like that strike sucks. I hated it beforehand. Mm -hmm. After 25 runs. And, and I still have like five or six left. Right. I'm just looking at it like, do I really want this stupid thing? <laughs> I don't blame you. Like, that's pretty rough. Yeah. And the we're recording this on the 20th of November, so it's still double rewards this week before it comes out. No, actually, when this comes out, it's going to be no longer around. I believe it's Gambit next. Oh, yes. My time has come. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to be jumping in for that because I... I need to finish up the Gambit armors for my Warlock and Hunter, and I've got like five or six triumphs and seasonal challenges to do. Nice. Like, I've just been putting off all of Gambit. 
I've just been playing Gambit and that's it. Like all season, all I've been doing is Gambit, which I, is weird. I just, I don't hate myself that much yet. I know it's going to happen mm. next week. I've hated myself for a long time. I'm an expert at hating myself, so that's why I play Gambit. I'm Gambit main. <laughs> no. Yeah. And like, I, I say that, but like once I actually get a team together and get in there, I'm fine. Right. It's it's that initial push that it's like, do I really want to? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I've been enjoying Gambit even by myself. I've been enjoying it. Uh, I know that they're going to change it up again and make it a little bit different. So we'll see what new Gambit, new, 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 new Gambit, new, new, new Gambit. Gambit 4.0 at this point. Gambit fresh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because like fresh Gambit. Because like there was original Gambit, there was Prime, Uh this new version of it. So whatever the shitty gambit. So whatever they make it now, it's Gambit 4.0. I'm I call it Gambit Fresh. That's what I'm gonna coin it as. Because this one's stinky gambit. Oh god. Out of all the gambits, this is the stinkiest of all the gambits. You have to be honest. R- Rindle. This is the worst of all the gambits. Rindle, because I know you're gonna be listening to this. Oh god. For editing purposes. In Drifter Voice. We need to know what fresh ingredients are in Gambit. Gambit oh, fresh. Oh no. Gambit fresh. <laughs> it's probably just like oh, I don't want to know. It's Thanksgiving. <laughs> He's been cooking. Rindle's an amazing cook, by the way. Oh yeah. Yeah. He sends me pictures of shit he cooks all the time. And it all looks really good. And here's me making like, you know, really bougie top ramen. So, <laughs> I I take it out of the container and put it in a bowl. So that's how you know I'm being really fancy. <laughs> there are so many things on the swab. We need to get through them. Okay, the swab from the 11th of November because we are that we are back that far. Holy shit! Just two weeks. Just this, that feels like nine thousand years ago, does it not? Like so many things have come out in this swab. <laughs> Both jobs that it feels like it's been a month. Hell, so many things have happened in my life that it feels like it's a dozen years ago. Oh my gosh. But anyway. Uh, in November, Bungie came out because Transgender Awareness Week was November 13th through the 19th. Um, they came out with a transgender emblem that you can download for free and everyone can have it. It's super neat. I think the code still works. It's in the TWAB from the 11th. So please go download it. Uh, this podcast supports the trans community and we have a lot of trans friends. Yep. That is, if you don't like it, you can get out. So, exactly. Like you can jog on to another podcast. Like that's non-negotiable. <laughs> like, like we support LGBT. Like I am LGBT. This is... This is a thing. This is the way it is. Like we're we support love and openness here. And I'm I'm and... hetero, but like they can tack on at whatever letters they want at the end. I will still support it. Yeah, Almas is a really good ally. Like this is this is a very uh, open community, and we support like love in all all ways here, and uh, we support the trans community. 
definitely. So yeah, please go download the emblem. The emblem is really pretty. Definitely Transgender Day of Remembrance was the 20th. Oh, that's today. Cool. Oh, I need to send a message yeah. to all my trans friends today. Yeah. But they also have um, the Brungy Pride pin from this month all supports Trans Lifeline. I think we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. I know we posted about it on our Twitter, but uh, that's something that we're pretty passionate about. We don't really talk about things like that, like on the podcast, but just because we don't talk about it doesn't mean we don't support it. Exactly. We're just a little more quiet about it than we are like in our actual lives. But we thought we'd say something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So on to trials labs. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> trials control. How do you feel about it? I'm I'm for the changes that they made. I didn't play it. I was busy that weekend. I'm for the changes that they made. I, I still think that there are a few more tweaks that need to be made, but Again, like I haven't played it, so I don't specifically know how it it plays out or anything, how it feels. Yeah, I don't know how it feels either. I'm out of all the different trials labs, like I would rather play solo queue than play trials capture. I actually like control, like the actual just the game mode, even though it's sweatier than Trials is. Oh my god, right? <laughs> the real sweat game in PvP is Control now. <laughs> Which is so weird. <laughs> How did that happen? Like... Who knows? Why is the the public playlist more sweaty than the competitive one? It doesn't make sense. I don't know. It's always been that way. I don't know why. It's because they don't have skill-based matchmaking on. So everyone who's really good can just go like well, wall up all the shitty people. They don't have to go beat somebody at their own skill base. Because people who are really good don't want to be in competitive. That would be detrimental to them because then they'd actually have to struggle. That's why it's so sweaty to people like us who like are not at their skill level. That that yeah. Does that frustrate you? Yeah. It's always been that way for like, yeah, just for, for matchmaking that's, you know, local, like connection based. Still frustrating, but yeah. Oh, it's so frustrating. They could, the changes that they did make, they used a different map. They, instead of rotating through points, they had three neutral zones. They also no longer gave you super energy if you captured a zone. Um, before or after the round ended and the same rules did apply for the capture zone so that really didn't change though so the capture zone would open after 30 seconds which is the thing i didn't like yeah i'd rather the capture zone just open right away so you could just go capture it right away i don't like waiting <clears throat> because it makes the game kind of slow well, because, like, there's either going to be two different mindsets there. Like, the team is either going to fully rush and kill before the 30 seconds are up, or they're going to sit back and wait for the 30 seconds before they even attempt to go for the zone. But if you're going against that rush team, like, it doesn't matter what when the zone opens up anyway. What my team usually did is that we would wait the 30 seconds 
set up and wait for the other team to come to the capture zone and then just gank them. Yeah. Yeah. So it was always like a sniper game at that point. Yeah. Cause then uh, you, you have the ability to actually set up wherever you want and just watch for those people. Whereas like if, if it happened like right away, they're going to have to figure out how to get there quick and deal with the opposing team, your team, you know, setting up in a the spots that you want. Yeah. Because by the time you actually set up, the zone could already be captured. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, I mean, those are my thoughts on it. I'm not a huge fan of control in trials. Like, you might as well just go, like, the full nine yards and do you know trials mayhem <laughs> or something like that thunder crashes thunder crashes everywhere it's just you know just go full short whatever i actually liked the one trials of the nine match that was the setting the charges i enjoyed that too i liked that game mode I thought that was fun. I didn't play it often, but I enjoyed that one too. That one was my favorite because you could have someone be like sneaky to try to go set the charges. And then like your other two could go like try to gank the other team. So you could split up in teams of two and two. And so two people could try to go sneak to the to the bomb and the other two could try to go kill the other people. It was fun. I actually really <laughs> liked that a lot. And a lot of people are like, no, I hate it. But I mean, you had a team. Well, and, and it's not like you were not communicating with each other. It, it was a fun game mode for me. But I think the most memorable aspect of that game mode was the fact that I got my first annihilation from doing that. Oh, nice. Um, I, I set the charge and they couldn't, you know, defuse it in time. So all of them just died. And that's what's fun about it. And that was that was in the beta. Oh, nice. It was a fun game mode. I would like to see that come back in some form, personally. A lot of people I, I know probably won't. Mm-hmm. But I like objective-based game modes. Yeah, I do too. I mean, as much as I like Slayer game modes, where you just go, you know, like, kill the other team, I do like being able to go capture something or get a bomb or do something my brain is like completely and utterly in halo mode because that's all i've been playing <laughs> i totally i caught that as soon as you said slayer game modes. god damn it <laughs> or you know go capture a bomb and uh, yeah it's gonna be like capture the flag <laughs> try not to i was like oh oddball you mean that thing <laughs> I mean, I've been playing MCC too, but oh my god. Okay. Um. So they have a lot of weapons shooting that's coming up, uh, on December seventh when the thirtieth anniversary comes out. These are all very exciting. Let's look at them. Let's see. So shotguns. They are reducing slug shotgun PVE damage bonus from thirty percent to twenty percent. Slug shotguns are still super powerful. We all use them in raids, and so they're like, no, not anymore. Yeah. Um, pellet shotguns are getting a damage bonus because they're actually harder to use. Linear fusion rifles are getting a damage buff by 10%. That is awesome. I love using linear fusion rifles. I do too. They feel so good, don't they? 
I was that toxic person back when Forsaken came out, and I was using Queen Breaker all over the place. Nice. Getting nice. Getting, you know, entire team wipes with with just Queen Breaker was just phenomenal. You know, I leveled up my sleeper simulant to thirteen thirty, and I have been using the shit out of it, and it's super gross, and I am in love with it again. I love sleeper. I've, I'm in love with it again. I'm trying to finish my catalyst and I'm just I'm adoring it. I'm in love with it all over again. I've always loved Sleeper. Mm-hmm. The problem has always been like it's just not good enough. So I'm I'm excited that linear fusions are getting that buff. I think this is going to be good for them. I think more people will start using them. And honestly, with Reed's regret being so good too, mm-hmm. this will be really good. Because, like, Headstone is a really cool perk. And I have that on my reads, and I really like it. <laughs> it's really... It's funny when you hit a Shrieker and you have Headstone, and then it just appears in, like, the middle of the sky. <laughs> 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 it's just, like, a single, like, ice thing. A single stasis crystal just yeah, hanging in the sky. hanging there. Yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> It makes me giggle every time it happens. <laughs> Let's see, the next one, uh, Caster Swords. So this high heavy attack ammo cost to offset a great melee weapon. Also has a good ranged attack, but now I believe it's safe to reduce the ammo cost. So now it costs five ammo instead of eight because swords use ammo. Oh, yeah. Bungie. I love reloading my sword. Man. I mean, I love going to the ammo store to buy sword ammo. God, <laughs> that makes sense. Please, five sword ammo, please, sir. Do you imagine like going to old Japan and being just like the Edo period? Yes, I would like to buy some sword ammo for my sword. <laughs> we don't have sword ammo here. Right. What are you on? Nothing. I'm from the future where we use sword <laughs> ammo. All, all swords have ammo in the future. <laughs> right. What? No, it's just metal. You just swing it. Nope. It takes it takes ammo to swing it now. You can't just swing it. What happens if you run out of ammo? It disappears. What? It goes invisible. What? You can't you can't see it anymore. It's invis- it's still there. You can still feel it. And you can still see like the outline, but it's 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 invisible. You just it, you just can't hit anything with it. It just goes straight through it. What? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you just mm-hmm. smack things with your hilt. That's all. That's that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Bows are getting an a damage increase versus rank and file enemies, uh, by about ten percent. I mean, that's good. That's gonna be anything that. Any red enemies? Yeah. I mean, I wish they did more. I wish they just buffed all bow damage like 5%. I don't know. Like, I, I've been using a bow this week, and it feels pretty good. I mean, yeah, it still doesn't do as much damage as I would love, mm-hmm. but it still does enough damage that I'm like, okay, I, I don't feel like I'm just wasting my time here. Mm-hmm. Uh, For sidearms and fusion rifles, I love this. They've increased sidearm and fusion rifle projectile speed from 999 
to 9,999, which makes them hit scan regardless of frame rate. This is fixing an issue where things wouldn't hit scan because of frame rate issues. So this is going to make it hit no matter what. Oh, good. Yay. <laughs> so um, this is my favorite one. Uh, they admit that they overbuffed this from Vex class. So get wrecked, people who have Vex. Yep. Uh, they reduced the aim assist stat by 25. Reduced the linear fusion rifle aim mode assist cone scaler from 1.1 to 1.05. Now they require three eliminations for full overcharge instead of two. And for that aim assist stat, just to keep this in perspective, it maxes at 100. <laughs> <laughs> yep i really um this next one is for fighting lion and i think it's very funny that <laughs> they're not giving infinite ammo to fighting lion even though it's technically doesn't use green ammo yeah because it uses like normal white ammo and that was what made it weird that's what made it exotic yeah so they removed the multi-hit requirement dealing any damage will grant the buff they increase the buff to reload stat from 50 to 70 so reload will be slow if you miss but if you land any damage fighting lion will reload faster than it did before the nerf and they increase the buff duration to seven seconds so it'll reload, but it's going to be seven seconds instead of whatever it was before. It's it's still going to be good. The the reload itself, we don't know the actual, you know, time it's going to take. No. but it you're going to keep that reload buff for seven seconds. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know a whole lot of people that use Fighting Lion because it's super niche. I I use it every now and then, but I haven't in several months. I use it as a meme, to be honest. Yeah. Whenever I feel like I don't want to use meta weapons or anything that's even remotely close to my good weapons, I, I'll pull this one out. Yeah. So they're giving Arbalest uh, intrinsic anti-barrier. I'm so happy about that. Yeah, it's about time. Now, see, like, I would love to see them do this kind of stuff for all the other exotic weapons. Like, give us a reason to use them. I mean, it's it's silly that... Oh, what's that one scout rifle? Um, Mida? No, the Cabal one. Skyburner's Oath. Like, the fact that Skyburner's Oath only works on Cabal Shields and nothing else, like, it is the perfect candidate for anti-barrier. It really kind of is. I mean, that was anti-barrier before we even knew what anti-barrier was. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of an embarrassment, actually. They are increasing Sleeper Simulant's magazine size from three to four. They wouldn't have had to do that if they didn't nerf it the first time. And they're increasing the PVE damage by 6%. Mm. I The thing that's interesting here 
for me is the delta between sleeper and the best legendary linear fusion rifle wasn't large enough to make this a compelling option. And that's true. Whenever we would have to actually use a linear fusion, it was always like, okay, you're not using anything exotic because why would why would you waste it? Why would you? You're, you're yeah. doing the same amount of damage. Well, everyone was using sleeper because it was so good, and then they nerfed it into the floor, and it never recovered because it was popular. Because it was popular. Because they always do this every single time they overcorrect, and then they never fix it. And then they're like, oh, why isn't anyone using this? Like two years later. Oh, it's because we nerfed it too much. <laughs> and then they look at it and they're like, oh, our bad. Why isn't anyone using this? We don't understand. It's so good. Maybe we'll buff it a bit. <laughs> like it's assholes. It's because you're doing this. You're doing this to yourselves. Stop it. Like maybe don't hit it so hard. Like it's you're the problem. Every single time. Like, you do this. Well, and, and... Like, you wonder why people stop using your shit. Like, you're the reason. Well, and, and I'm, I'm trying to remember when exactly it got hit so hard. It was during, um... Oh, it was... Spire of Stars. Year one. Yeah, because that's when the Catalyst came out. Yeah. Because, like, I remember... I remember using it after that, but I was like, it, it's not as good as it used to be. I remember this mm -hmm. now. No, because they nerfed it. Because we got the <laughs> gun right during Warmind. Mm -hmm. And because we had to work hard to get it. My God. Not like all of you chuckle fucks who just buy it. <clears throat> and... Then and then we had to struggle. All of us, for... we had to struggle to get the catalyst. Oh my god! I... <laughs> Inspire. <laughs> it took me for. Yeah, uh... like it, it took a good solid like eight, ten weeks for me to get it. Yeah, it and took many completions to get it. I I only have like two completions of that prestige raid. Like I hated that raid. I love Spire. Spire is my favorite one. I hated it so much because one small little fuck up and it's a wipe. Like there was little to no wiggle room. I think a lot of my problem also was the fact that whenever I went in there, we were teaching somebody. So I, I have very few spire completions, even on normal. So it's just, yeah, I hated that raid. <laughs> Yeah. They are changing Surus regime. Dual mm -hmm. mode receiver mode uh, now grants the following in addition to its current effects. Plus 30 range, plus 3 zoom. Interesting. <laughs> they did a bunch of changes to cryosthesia. They said that we deliberately shipped this weapon in a weak state. Which almost physically hurt us, but it was the right decision. Not wanting to contribute to the problem. Of stasis. <laughs> Can we stop for a second and talk about that <laughs> sentence? 
not given the state of stasis and pvp at the start of season 14 we deliberately shipped this weapon in a weak state not wanting to contribute to the problem of stasis and pvp because they knew that stasis was going to be a problem in pvp because they gave us cryosthesia the very first day of the season because it came with the season pass well and and even more than that okay so because those assholes knew it was going to be a problem. Right. Like this weapon was released day one of season 14. We are currently in season 15, I believe. <laughs> so that means they knew that stasis was an issue because they shipped it this way. Mm-hmm. So they knew stasis was an issue, you know, at latest season 13. Mm hmm. At least they've had more time to evaluate the state of the sandbox. <laughs> We've reworked this exotic to address its weakness in PVE. Do you know what they could have done? Just not had the gun. Just delete the gun. It's not even good. <sighs> Specifically, the following pain point. Fire on release with the charge trigger, losing all ammo on firing the freezing shot. They've changed so much that like it makes me angry just to read that first sentence. Yeah. Uh, I can't even read words anymore because I'm just like seeing like anger. <laughs> um, but there's there's quite a bit of cryosthesia changes. Yeah, a lot of it's just words that mean nothing to me because I don't use this gun. Because it's trash. The charge shot now causes AOE, which freezes AI and slows players. Direct hits will mm-hmm. still freeze. Once the charge shot is fired. The weapon reverts back to standard sidearm mode, which doesn't take anything from your your magazine. Uh, the charge shot moved to special reload. I don't know what this means. Interesting. The charge shot moved to special reload. So that means you have to. Is that like a slow reload, like on on symmetry, where you hold the reload button and it changes to the other mode? That's what I thought it was already. I thought that's how it already was. Getting a final blow with the sidearm enables access to the special reload. So yeah, it it's that's how it works. It's like symmetry, vex. I mean all the other guns that have two reload yeah. modes. Uh Leviathan's breath. The catalyst now grants the archer's tempo perk in addition to its other effects. That's exactly what we've needed. Oh my god. Yeah, it's so slow. We needed that. <laughs> like that's exactly what we needed. So now you get um now it actually is faster. And this next one. Good job. This next The next one is the king of reworks. The king has returned. I'm excited about this one. Whisper of the worm is back. <laughs> yeah. There's a reduced delay on activating whispering breath from the catalyst from 2.1 seconds to 1.2 seconds they took almost Uh, an entire second off for the activation of whispering breath or whispered breath uh, like that's the box breathing they reduced essentially then yeah because that was yeah that's box breathing it's just they called it whispered breathing that way they can actually split box breathing Mm -hmm. nerfs and buffs from whisper but still like that's that is yeah the white nail magazine is great too. Was yes. three from inventory, but now it pulls two from inventory and one from thin air. Yes. 
I th- I think that's a nice middle ground from what we originally were given mm-hmm. and what we currently have. That is a nice middle ground. Which was way more from thin air. Like, Well, it, it was the entire magazine if you got the entire magazine as, as critical hits. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then they're increasing the damage in PvE by 10%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm excited about that. This is great. This is... I'm I'm so excited. I don't care about, like, whatever they did with, like, Malfeasance because no one fucking uses Malfeasance. The only thing that makes me mad about Malfeasance now is that, like, the meatball is still in the game. It keeps ruining my Gambit games. Like, it took me, like, 30 or 40 like matches until the meatball even showed up to get it because you didn't get it every single time right the the meatball wasn't ever a guarantee but malfeasance the sparrow the ship were all guaranteed for killing the meatball originally they patched that so that it was a random chance yeah see i didn't do that originally i didn't grind it the first week yeah yeah like 30 something times i never got anything so my animosity towards the fucking meatball is legendary. You and my brother. And now I see it all the time and it's just there. Mm-hmm. And it makes me real mad and I hate it. And they're just, it's there all the time now because they're like, oh, we're just going to increase the amount of times you see the meatball. I'm like, could you not? Can you just get rid of it and have them buy it? Well, and especially since that's the only boss that you can't just melt in two seconds exactly exactly which makes it annoying (laughs) man now i'm mad oh they did a bunch of stuff to dead man's tail good for it blah 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 uh they did some stuff to darcy oh yeah i love darcy darcy's so good reduced flinch recoil and accuracy degradation by 50 (gasps) percent While personal assistant is active. That's really good, actually. And then personal assistant now has a one second delay before deactivating when off target. It used to be instant. Oh, that's so good. And they increase the damage by 20% in PVE. Oh, man. Darcy is going to be filthy. In PVE. That's that's going to be filthy. Yeah. Man, Darcy is back. We used to use the Darcy strat in um in Scourge. Scourge of the past. Yeah, we used to use the Darcy strat. Yeah, at Cap. See, my teams were usually Whisper. Oh. Which is why I'm so excited Whisper's coming back. Mm. We use Darcy. That teach their own. Let's see. Yeah. Air apparent catalyst is getting reduced damage resistance against players from 75% to 25%. Oh my gosh. I'm excited about that. I mean, yay. Can't tell you how many times... Well, like, I've come across people that just have the shield on and just walk around with it. Yeah. And it's like... mm -mm. That shouldn't be a thing. It's annoying. No. It shouldn't be a thing, and it's kind of filthy. So that's good. Yeah. Lawrence Driver, they removed the ability energy regeneration on picking up a telemetry. Why? Uh, the telemetries are those little flags when you kill somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Traveler's Chosen, 
now grants 10% ability energy per stack on activation. It was previously more generous on low stacks, less generous on high stacks. The average and amount for 10 stacks was unchanged. Does anyone actually use Traveler's Chosen? <laughs> I know a few people who have builds around it, but they don't use them that often. Oh. Uh, this is the one I wanted to talk about the most. This is Adrenaline Junkie. This perk wasn't performing as well as intended, and the path of least resistance was making it live up to its dev name, which is Grenade Buckler. Eliminations with a weapon can add single damage stacks or extend existing ones. Grenade eliminations boost the stacks immediately to times five. Lower the duration to compensate for weapon activation. I still don't know if I'm going to be using that. Yeah. Like, I'm going to try it out. So killing anything with the weapon adds damage stacks to the weapon. Grenade eliminations immediately boost the damage stack to times five but they reduced the duration of the damage stack to compensate for the weapon activation, I guess. I, I still don't know if I'm going to be using it. I, I know that I'm, I'm going to keep one around and try it out, but I just don't know. I still have one Adept Shira's with Adrenaline Junkie. Let me know how it feels. I will let you know. Uh... The next two kind of piss me off. I understand why they're doing it, but for Vorpal Weapon, it used to be 15% damage on all weapons. Now it's 10% on heavy weapons, 15% on special, and 20 on primary. No change to damage versus players in super. And Whirlwind Blade, there was an increase to the number of stacks needed to hit maximum damage, from 5 to 10. Interesting. I wonder why. It's because of falling guillotine. Really? So why? what happened? Why is that? It was the DPS king. Still is. Amazing. You just regular swing five times and then start going heavy. And then swing five times, mm -hmm. go heavy. And it outdamages Whisper. It outdamages Sleeper. It outdamages... Darcy, anything you can think of. So I know why they're doing it. It still sucks. <laughs> but that's because I I was that person who ran Falling Guillotine for just about everything. Right. So what's, what now? I mean, are people going to still run Falling Guillotine or is that completely like gotten rid of Falling Guillotine forever now? I don't know. Because essentially they've they've... They've taken the amount of time it would take to get to the maximum damage, and they've doubled it. So I just, I don't know. It, it's going to be something that people are going to have to test when the, all these changes come out, you know? Pulse Monitor. They changed the threshold for activation from 90% health to 30% shield, which means you need less damage for it to trigger. I'm still not going to use it. I I wasn't a fan of the perk itself because it promotes you being in bad situations. It yeah. But like I I can I can agree with this change. Yeah. You know, you're low on a shield and you just get increased whatever. Mhm. Mm so I mean, what does pulse monitor actually do? 
automatically reloads the magazine and improves weapon handling when critically wounded, even when this weapon is stowed. Okay. So you're low on ammo. You get pushed to the threshold. You get increased handling. And it automatically reloads the magazine. So I have a seven serif with this on it. And I'm constantly just getting ganked because of the way I run and gun everything. So does this just turn my seven serif like submachine gun into a risk runner now? I, I don't without the added benefit of having like an overshield. I don't know if it's going to be a continuous because it automatically reloads the magazine. Like I haven't used it enough, so I don't know if it's like a, a continuous thing or if it's just a once and then you need to heal and then once, you know? Right. So I, I don't know. I'll have to find out. Yeah. Interesting. Jeez. They changed a couple of mods. Um, to be fair. 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 To be fair, they only changed one mod. Quick access sling. It used to be plus 100 handling, 0.9 times the ready stow aim down sights time for 0.4 seconds. And that's after running out of ammo. Mm-hmm. Now it's just going to be the 0.9 times ready and stow time all the time. So they're getting rid of the handling. They're getting rid of the handling and they're getting rid of the the time after running out of ammo. Like the, the qualifier. This change also applies to the swap mag perk as they use the same perk behind the scenes. And now the reason I said they only changed one mod is because we're getting a new mod. Full auto retrofit. We've seen plenty of requests for an accessibility option allowing full auto fire, particularly on fast firing semi-automatic weapons. We have a settings option in the works for a season after the Witch Queen uh, launches, but decided to put in a stopgap to help players until we are able to ship it. Please keep these types of suggestions coming. Nice. That's awesome. I'm so happy. And this mod essentially activates full auto, so you just hold the trigger on whatever weapon you have it equipped on, Um, and it can only be equipped on hand cannons, sidearms, scout rifles, and pulse rifles. And that's legendary versions. Um, And it's going to be unlocked by default for all players. That's awesome. Like, I love accessibility being unlocked for people, especially, like, my my hands are not the greatest. Using a controller actually is getting harder and harder for me. So having something like this, if I was still using a controller, would be really, really good. Just this is so great. Like, it's any kind of accessibility mm-hmm. is amazing. So any way that players are able to play for longer, like to reduce like the pain of playing longer, especially for people that have um, hands that maybe aren't the best accessibility gang rise up. I'm so happy. I, f- it's great. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lol. Um, but then they say here, 
the near future. Uh, annual expansions are a good time for system level changes since they get so much more playtest time over a longer duration compared to a normal season. Uh, we don't like the de that the desire for exotic catalysts is largely driven by the orbs of power generation they provide and have something in the works to let players build around that limitation. Weapon differentiation. Uh, if I have two void adaptive hand cannons, one from the Suros Foundry and one from the latest raid, why do I care about one more than the other? The stats tend to be fairly close. Perk pools can be different, but there are only so many perks. And it's a stretch to say the perk pool gives the weapon its identity. We've got something shipping on all new and reissued weapons in the Witch Queen that addresses this issue directly and are working to expand the same solution to all weapons that drop in the future. I'm excited about that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and a lot of that is because, and this is the example that I've got, the machine gun from Deepstone Crypt commemoration. Mm -hmm. It's a void machine gun. It has exactly the same stats as another void machine gun that just got released two seasons, or was it last season? Yeah, last season from Vault of Glass. I'll take commemoration over the Vault of Glass one any day. Right, but the only difference there is looks, sound, possibly feel, but if they've got the same stats, like you're going to be aiming down sights at exactly the same speed, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but if if you have a different reticle on it, then it's going to feel different. Even if it feels, even if it shoots the same, it's going to feel different. That is true. But I'm I'm looking at the fact that they released two weapons that fit the exact same archetype, all within the same year. Yeah. So at that point, what makes one better than the other? Just that I like Deepstone Crypt better, and I'm still not over being salty that they essentially <laughs> threw it in the trash six months after it was released. Oh, I'm I'm feeling that too. I'm so mad about that still. I'm right there with you. It's still a viable raid, and they decided to bring back a seven-year-old raid to make that more viable. I'm sorry. I'm right there with no. you. Deepstone is is my absolute favorite raid, and I used to love Vogue, but since they re-released it and after the first two or three weeks, I was like, okay, so all the love that I had for this was probably nostalgia. <laughs> oh, it was completely and utterly nostalgia. Like, it's... Like, it's a good raid. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It just doesn't have that... There's something about Deepstone Crypt that is just more complete than Vogue ever has or will have. And I think part of that is that it tells a story. It does. A story that actually ties into the overall story of Destiny. Yeah. Whereas Vogue is like, how does it relate? Vogue is just, <laughs> I mean, it does relate in a way, but at the same time, it's like. But you got to dig for it. Okay. The Vex are doing some shenanigans and good job, Vex. It, right. Like, like to get that meaning, you got to dig a little bit. Right. Whereas Deep Stone, it's right there in front of you. Yeah. Let's see. The last couple of things they're doing. Um, special ammo economy. They're going to gank it in PvP. Exotic primary weapons. 
already advanced ammo finder mods much faster, but we want them to feel better and hard PVE content are adjusting all of them to reach this goal. We're adjusting some exotics, some that consistently top the PVP usage charts in an oppressive way, chaperone. Some have had their perks limited to a degree that's no longer warranted. That is the end of that TWAB. That is a long ass TWAB. My God. Abilities, man. Abilities. Oh, how do you feel about the abilities, TWAB? After reading a lot of it, mm -hmm. it reminds me, like, it, it gives me the same kind of vibe as year one of Destiny 2. Okay. They're slowing abilities down. It's going to be more about gunplay. Yes, which I disagree with. And see, I'm the opposite. I'm all for it. But I'm the oddball who actually liked year one of Destiny 2, PvP-wise. I... Because I wasn't getting sniped around corners that I shouldn't have been seen. I wasn't getting shotgun rushed. Special ammo has been an issue. Right. Ever since they moved the weapons around slots. Mm-hmm. But that's, again, my personal opinion. I um, really am kind of, I'm on two different sides of this. Like, A, I really like the idea of a more gun-based system because I would rather be shot at any day than just, like, absolutely, like, shatter-dived by some, like, asshole. Yeah. Honestly. 100% or have some just ability just thrown at me in crucible. But at the same time, abilities are something that I've built. Like I'm a warlock. That's what we do. Literally. That's what we do. Like I eat a grenade and have Andes all the time. I've built my entire thing around that. Like that's, I, it's not that I crutch it. It's just that I've built having that. It, it's your play style. It is my play style and it's I've gotten used to it and it's it's having that to break shields and having that to like I use it a lot in PVE. Right. It's having that to like break arc shields and I use a lot of the same kind of thing um, for stasis and I have like very fast um, I have like very fast like cooldown times for stasis also. So having this is like really going to make me change the way I play the game for not the better because I enjoy using a lot of abilities. So this actually really frustrates me and really upsets me because like I like having the idea that I'm like a fucking space mage. That's why I play this game. If I wanted a gun game, I have Halo. That's why I play Halo. Because I know when I pick up a battle rifle, it's a battle rifle. And I know that I can go like shoot someone in the face with it from like 60 yards and get a headshot because I'm actually good at that game. And I'll like go out, shoot a lot of people. But when it comes to destiny, like I like to throw my abilities around and like floof around and be ridiculous and look cute. That's why I play destiny. Because it's, you know, a space drama opera thing. So, 
this takes a kind of a lot of the magic out of it. I think. Now, to be f- does that make sense? And to to be fair, okay, it looks like they are tuning things individually. They're increasing cooldowns per grenade or reducing cooldowns based on the actual grenade itself. So that might actually be to your benefit or it might not. I mean they only give they only give two different examples mm-hmm. and one, you know, they the flux grenade on hunters is going to end up being a one-hit kill no matter what. Yeah. So they're increasing the cooldown for that. Whereas a firebolt grenade, they're reducing the damage it does. So they're reducing the cooldown. So the problem with with making the assumptions that we are making is that we just don't know how they're going to affect everything we currently use. I know. I, I think a lot of it is going to boil down to the fact of like, what's this grenade typically for? Because like for, for Striker Titan, okay? Mm-hmm. I can see them increasing the time you know, the actual cooldown for lightning grenades because those are supposed to hit hard. Pulse grenades, maybe a little bit of an increase or a little bit of a decrease. Honestly, I mean, it, it might end up being negligible. And I can't even tell you what... Oh, uh, flashbang. Flashbang grenades. You know, those, they might reduce the cooldown because it's meant to blind your enemy. It's not going to do as much damage. So, like, it depends on how they look at the grenades, how they're going to look, and other abilities. I mean, this is applying across the board. But it's it's going to depend on how they see the, the abilities working and what their vision for it is. Because that will determine, oh, this is supposed to be a one-shot. So it's going to be a long cooldown. It's going to make you think about when you're going to use it. Or, oh, this is going to be something that just is is kind of a throwaway grenade or throwaway ability. So we're going to give it to you every 26 seconds or whatever. One thing I really didn't like was their ideas of the different tiers of of supers and the way that they are regenerating. Because they're like, well, we don't want every super to regen all at once. So we're just going to give you different supers regening at different times yeah and i'm like okay that was literally because they sat there and like oh you're noticing everybody gets their super about the same time and then it's panic and mayhem it's chaos yeah so instead they're gonna give the two most annoying supers the fastest regen times Mm -hmm. which is blade barrage and silence and squall are you fucking kidding me are the people who made this Hunter mains? That's how it seems. Just remember that your audio producer is a Hunter main. Go fuck yourselves, guys. That's, that's how it seems. Because if you look at the bottom, four out of the five with the slowest regen. Are Titans. Sorry, three out of the, the five are Titan. Yeah. Spectral Blades is down there. So I mean like Ghost Knives is slowest regen. Why? Is it because it's sneaky? 
Okay, have I told you how many kills I have gotten with one go of Spectral Blades before? With Gwizen Vest? Yeah, shit's deadly, and there is a damn good reason that they are tearing it the way that they are. Well, and and looking at at a lot of the tier three and above, they're all one use, you know, one and done kind of yeah. supers. Mm-hmm. Um, well of radiance, you pop it, you're done. Blade barrage, you throw your knives, that's it. Silence and squall, same. Yeah, but silence and squall follows you around the map. I know, but from a super bar perspective as soon as that first ice pick is thrown that's it like the super is just gone it's a comma but he is right in from the bottom. yeah but also also at the same time blade barrage i can get an entire team wipe with that and in mayhem i usually do well and and i can get all six at the same time well and and hell like I'm wondering if they're even thinking about how this tier list is going to work with exotics that are being regularly used. Like for Bri- oh shards of Galanor, right? I have a 100. I have a 100 intellect build with shards of Galanor for Blade Barrage right. just to use in Mayhem. That's exactly my point. This is disgusting. That's exactly my point. If it gets like, one of the fastest regens, and you've got blades you know shards yeah like you're gonna get a lot of super back you're gonna get a lot of supers it pings your super back immediately and and, i mean they they capped it to 50 percent, but if it's the one of the faster regions like why wouldn't you oh yeah why wouldn't you (laughs) that's gonna be so abused exactly yeah like I, I, I. The only one at tier three is a Nova Bomb. Come on, really? What for? For I'm just looking like at for warlocks for what I would regularly use. It's all right. Most of my stuff is tier three or tier one. I Nova Bomb is the only one at tier three. The one that I usually would use is either Chaos Reach is garbage now. No one uses it because they did so much damage to Chaos Reach. Like, it's so, like, no one uses it. Nova Warp actually, like, got pretty good. So that's actually kind of viable. But now that the the regen is so slow now because it's tier two, so now no one's going to use it. And Storm Trance is now garbage. Like, what? why would they do that? Now, uh, again, to play devil's advocate for this, we don't know what the actual difference between the fastest and the slowest is, like, time-wise. For all we know, it might be 10 seconds. That's a lot of time. It is. But, I, I'm again, this is just me playing devil's advocate. We don't know how long it's going to take to get a super. And we don't know the difference between each of the tiers. Like, we, we don't know how long it's going to take for each super to, to fully come up. Yeah. 
<sighs> I just want to throw something. It's it's going to be a lot to take in December 7th, but I've got a feeling people are going to have it figured out in the first week or two. I mean, that's why people make videos and stuff. That's what they're for. Yeah. Like, praise the Destiny video, like, YouTube community for figuring all this shit out. Like, they have way bigger brains than we do. TBH. They also, there's a lot of people that had perks that were halved in PvP. And a lot of them are Warlock perks, which I was super not happy about. I guess a lot of them were Stormcaller perks, and I was like, that's neat. <laughs> You're like, well, so, you know, I used that, I used that, and I used that, and fuck Go fuck you. yourselves again. Yep. I mean, fuck you too. <laughs> so, uh, there's a lot of exotic armor that had custom tuning pass focused on the ability energy return in PvP. So if you used exotic armor that gave you a lot of ability energy in PvP, not anymore. So enjoy that. You know, I, uh, I, yeah. Out of that entire list, I can't tell you the last time I actually used any of those. I used the stag in PvP because that was like a that was kind of a good thing for trials because I die a lot. <laughs> <laughs> It gives you class energy whenever someone would break your shield, uh, or especially if you were standing in your own well, or um, or rift. So in your own rift. So right. If you put a rift down and you stand in it, then you get your own class energy back. Not anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. And like it, it's just me personally. I haven't, as a titan main. Uh huh. I don't really use Heart of Inmost Light or Doomfang Pauldrons. Right. The last time I used Doomfangs was because I was trying to get Reckoner. Oh. And I hated myself at that point, and I just kind of mentally associated that pain point with Doomfangs. Oh, yeah. So I, I can't bring myself to use them. So, like, I'm looking at that list, and I'm like, okay, cool. Glad you're doing work. One thing I am kind of happy they did, um, Controverse Holds are something I did use, and the grenade regen buff was super random, and they did that on purpose. It was random between one and four seconds, and it always drove me crazy, because sometimes I'd get my grenade regen almost immediately, and sometimes I would it would take me forever to get my grenade back, and I'd be like, why is it doing this? And I kept forgetting that that is like a part of it. And it was just like this random scalar number that they give you. So now they actually made it a fixed duration of 1.75 seconds. The reduced grenade energy regeneration scalar was reduced by 50% PVP. That annoys me, but you know, controversy holds are good. So this actually just going to, they made it more consistent. So I'm actually happy that they did that. Not happy that they ganked it in PVP, but you know, can't have everything. Yeah. I think they were a little too hard on things when it looking at this. I think they just went a little too far, but they always do that. And then they usually walk it back a little. Yeah. Because then they'll hear the entire community going, um, 
I can't use this thing. You guys went, you went way too far. You went way, way, way too far. And then they'll, they usually go, oh, we're sorry. We went too far. Um, Look, we're listening. We're going to bring it back. Next season. Just like when we talked about, yeah, <laughs> just like we talked about with Sleeper Simulant. Like, <clears throat> yeah. This hopefully it won't take, you know, three years. <sighs> Some armor mods are also hit by this this reducing energy returns. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into the list. If you guys want to hear the list or want to see what's been affected, it's in the TWAB for November 18th. And then they're actually, they actually went into specific changes that they're making per class and stasis. Mm-hmm. Uh, for stasis crystals, while forming... Stasis crystals now slow nearby players instead of freezing them. They still freeze PvE combatants while forming. They increase the slow freeze radius while forming uh, from 1.75 meters to 2.6 meters. They reduced the crystal detonation damage versus players by about 55%. They increased crystal detonation damage versus PvE combatants by about 60%. And they increased crystal detonation radius from six meters to eight meters. Yeah, this is this is good. I'm glad uh, they did a bunch of stuff to uh, hunters, hunter dodge. I'm sorry, they did a lot of bad things to you. Revenant, so stasis hunters, shatter dive, RIP, poor went out for shatter dive. Top tree arc strider, uh, the cooldown duration. Combination blow reduced base cooldown duration from 96 seconds to 15 seconds. What? Combination blow was the slide melee, wasn't it? Uh, Tell me you don't play Hunter without telling me you don't play Hunter. Combination blow is just the punching one. So what it does, it grants increased melee damage that lasts for 20 seconds and the hunter's hands are electrified while combination blows buff is active. So you hit harder, and any hit that you make with your melee does arc damage. Actually, not too bad from a utility perspective, except for the fact that you can't really use it all that often. This suddenly makes it very viable. Expect to see a lot of top tree arc striders when this goes live. Yeah... It says it was made possible by our variable ability cooldown system. Previously, top tree arc striders were basically required to use gambler's dodge with this tree. We hope this change will make this ability viable even if you're using marksman's dodge. Then bottom tree night stalker vanished in smoke melee has low damage output but high utility. Our data shows that the subclass tree is struggling in PvP. Well, yeah, obviously. So we've decided to increase how often pathfinder hunters can go invisible. Because that's what we need. Reduce base cooldown from 96 seconds to 75 seconds. They took about half a minute off. It used to be a lot more until they decided that everyone's ability is now like nine minutes. So you guys did this to yourselves. She says really saltily. We can tell. (laughs) Titans, I'm really sorry about your shoulder charges. They no longer one-shot players. Oh, no. Oh, no. Poor went out for shoulder charge. <laughs> honestly, I I can't tell you the last time I actually did use shoulder charge. 
Oh my god, every Titan ever. <laughs> Except you. Well, no, because like I, I and and I, I oh like I god. understand that others use it, but like me personally, I can't remember the last time I used it in in PvP or PVE. Oh my god! And that's that's mostly because at this point I only play like three different subclass paths, um, and none of those paths have shoulder charge. But yeah, uh, they no longer one shot players. The sprint activation time was reduced a little bit by about a quarter of a second. They increased the range. They increased the targeting cone width. And they increased the damage versus PvE combatants by 25%. But for the arc shoulder charge and the void shoulder charge, they reduced the AoE damage from 90 to 40 the arc one now blinds enemies in the area on hit, and they increased the cooldown times of all shoulder charges to 90 seconds. So every minute and a half. And and that's base cooldown. Like, if you spec into strength, you're still going to get it quicker than that. Honestly, I'm all right with these changes. As long as you're happy. Honestly, I mean, I'm actually kind of happy about the arc one. I'm going to be able to shoulder charge something and blind it. I mean, that's pretty awesome, honestly. And I don't even know if that's just a PVE thing or if it's also going to be a PVP thing. Right. Because imagine a Titan coming from around a corner. You, they get, you know, they shoulder charge something, uh, another player or something, and that player is blinded. I will not I'm able to play... I'll not be able to play PvP anymore, if that's the case. Yeah. So, neat. The last thing they really kind of changed, uh, Warlocks have really weak wrists, and we can't actually slap anything, and that's kind of been a joke in the <laughs> Destiny community uh, since the beginning, is that Warlocks can't punch things, even though I do my best to be the punchiest of all the Warlocks out there and punch everything. Me too, whenever I'm on my Warlock. I have the heart of a Titan inside of a warlock. So no more. They're fixing that. Now we can punch just as hard as hunters and Titans. But for that, they are reducing our melee range from 5.5 meters. We had the meleeest of all the ranges. So we had the we had the longest range, but the weakest wrists. So now we have the same range everybody else does at 4.5 meters. And we can now melee back to back at the same speed as hunters and titans. Uh, the one thing they did get rid of is that we can no longer one hit with handheld supernova in PvP, which they already did so much damage to that originally in PvP that not a lot of people use it. But now it actually pushes people back in PvP. So that's cool. So now I'll just use a sidearm and kill people after I use that. So neat. That's fine. I'm cool with it. Let's see. Um, they did a couple of things to Shadebinder. So all three stasis grenades now have different cooldown times. So they made a change to Bleak Watcher to avoid a situation where it was always best to use the grenade with the shortest cooldown time. Because that is exactly what I would have done. I would have been like, fuck you guys. I'm just going to use the short one. Because honestly, that's probably what I will end up doing on every single class is just use the shortest everything. Because that's what everyone is going to do. Because why would you use the long one for everything? That's ludicrous. 
So Winter's Wrath reduced Shatter Pulse damage versus enemy supers. Must now generally freeze and shatter all supers twice to eliminate what? Penumbral Blast increased proximity detonation radius versus PVE combatants by 100%. Oh, that's cool. Bleak Watcher, uh, while Bleak Watcher is equipped, all stasis grenades charge at glacier grenade rates. Oh, that's bullshit. Uh, that's it. Xbox, this is very important. Hear me now. Destiny 2 is leaving Xbox Game Pass. All of it. If you don't own it and you play on Xbox, you need to buy it before December 8th. Because you will not have Destiny 2. That is all. Destiny 2 and current expansions will remain on Xbox Game Pass for PC. <laughs> what the f Get wrecked, Xbox. <laughs> Once Destiny 2 leaves Xbox Game Pass, players who don't own any of the expansions on the Xbox platform will lose access to campaign missions, expansion-specific activities like raids, dungeons, hunts, exo-challenges, nightfalls, and access to Trials of Osiris. Uh, you'll lose access to the Stasis subclass, which is Beyond Light specific. The Middle Tree Supers for each subclass, which were Forsaken specific. Mm -hmm. And the 10% off perk for silver purchases and other game add-ons. Oh. I didn't even know that last one was a thing. Yeah. That's how I bought all my silver and bought things like on Xbox. I'd always buy all my silver and stuff on Xbox because you get 10% off through Microsoft Store if you buy it on Xbox. It's cheaper than buying it on Steam. Huh. So, yeah. Uh, as a reminder, Witch Queen will not be available on console or PC Xbox Game Pass when it launches on February 22nd, 2022. I'm wondering if they had some sort of falling out with xbox or if they just didn't renew their agreement i think it boils down to they just didn't renew their agreement because phil spencer has been supportive of bungie yeah like as a lot especially this last year yeah it must be an agreement thing because i'm assuming bungie has to pay a certain amount to be on xbox game pass like, it can't be free for the company to have your games be on the Game Pass. It's good for both companies for them to be on Game Pass. I don't know how it makes them money, but, like, I'm sure they it didn't make them as much money through Xbox as they were hoping. Because people didn't buy Beyond Light because they were just using it through Xbox. Because I didn't own Beyond Light. I just used it on, like, Xbox Game Pass. Now I own it on Steam, but now I'll have to buy it on Xbox too, which annoys me. But that's pretty much everything. But the Xbox thing is really important. So if you have an Xbox and you're using it on Game Pass, uh, make sure you purchase it and Witch Queen if you're going to play Witch Queen, which you probably will, because it will not be on Game Pass. That's very important. Yep. Lore Network ad? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Lore Network. Tune into the Foil Theory Podcast for questions. So who, is, who is an or? Who is an or? What is, what is an or? Who is that? For queries. Did the hive really just body shame the Vex into changing their frames? For special guests. All the guests. 
for spin foil theories. Mars Sabathoon. The spin foil theory podcast. Insert information here. So why didn't he didn't give the he didn't give the information? We didn't give he didn't give the information. Oh, uh, yeah. spin foil theory is available on Spotify, iTunes, and Podbean. Uh, you can also get us at at Twitter at spin foil theory and or uh, uh, spin foil theory at gmail.com. This is a little lore episode, by the way. Jesus Christ, Elmas, you're so cranky today. The lore is little, but the episode is not. Jeez. <laughs> uh, this is a little lore episode explanation. Some lore isn't pressed neatly into lore books, but they add to the overall universe of destiny. So we're going to use these little lore episodes to do a dive into these individual lore tabs. This is the longest little lore episode we've ever done. This is like the length of an actual episode, but it's a little lore episode. You get like tiny peepee lore, super, super large beginning of the episode because we didn't do this last week. So you get double, triple twab, tiny lore. I'm so sorry. I forgive you. Why are you saying you forgive me? This Half of this is your fault. I blame both of you, Chuckle Fox. So... This first one is the Headless Horsepower. This sparrow was obtained by collecting all the 2021 Festival of the Lost Masks and redeeming the Triumph Masked Rider. <laughs> Little Rindell side note here. If you get that reference, you're awesome. The flavor text says, The line between myth and reality disappears when the myths start shooting back. Glint. And the lore tab reads, Glint compiled as Crow made his way down an enormous metal corridor festooned with Keitel's banners. They were directed to a room aboard the Cabal flagship, a simple space furnished for guests. When the door closed and they were finally alone again, Glint waited expectantly for Crow's usual candor, but there was none. So, Glint finally ventured. How's it going? Crow hoisted himself into a massive cabal-sized chair and regarded Glint from the corner of his eye. A little eye-opening. Maybe even frustrating. Or infuriating. It's like being in a room of Saladins. Glint hovered hesitantly in front of Crow's face. Are you nervous about meeting Keitel? You don't need to be. Why are you being... weird? Crow asked with a hint of annoyance. It's just that you don't really need me here. This is a cabal battleship. The only thing that could hurt you here is the food. Crow snorted. It's really not so dangerous. Once you learn to sneak up on it. He paused to consider Glint's position. You're right, though. Kaido won't let anything happen to me. It would be a diplomatic incident. So, I was thinking, Glint continued, that as long as you're safe, I could take some time to do a little research for my collection of tall tales and legends. You mean your stories about the cult of pumpkin men? They're called headless ones. Glint chirped back. And then, with increasing urgency, 
There have been credible reports for centuries from all over Seoul detailing very similar phenomena without any clear cause or link. Crow held up his hand. The headless ones, he said abruptly, cutting into Glint's analysis. Glint backed away slightly and nodded. You're not going alone, are you? Crow asked. No, the Guardian said they'd go with me. Crow contemplated for what felt like a very long time to both of them. When he finally spoke, his voice was small and low. Just promise me one thing. Anything. When the shooting starts, remember to keep your head. Glint's groan echoed through the halls of the battleship. It was a groan of adventure. Ooh, adventure. Let's go. <laughs> right? It's really cute. I mean, he's right. He's nothing's gonna happen to Crow on like with Keitel on her ship. Right. Especially not with the position that the Cabal are in with the Vanguard. Otherwise, they would send us in. Right. But there's nothing happening there. Yep. But it's nice that they're just, you know, hanging out. And I I see this entry and the next one, actually. They're both prequels to what we read. Mm-hmm. You know, the Tales of the Forgotten. Yeah. They really are prequels. This is essentially Glint getting permission to go you know, hunt down the headless ones. Exactly. It's really cute, though. I really like it. Yeah. You want to read the next one? I would love to read the next one. But uh, this is Jurassic Green. You got it by completing the Haunted Lost Sectors. Uh, which one? I, I don't know. I think I like them at the end of the day. I think I like them better than um, the... The spooky. I don't know. I'm torn. I liked them. It was fun. Yeah. Anyway, the flavor text reads, uh, monster is a relative term. Just look at the drifter. Glint. Wow, Glint. Forward to the Book of the Forgotten. Soul is filled with monsters. More than I imagined could possibly exist in one system. So far, the list includes alien robots that bend time, blot out the sun, and drive people crazy, floating witches that birth squirming hordes of cannibals, all driven to murder by parasitic worms, armored walrus people who conquer planets and subjugate whole races, undead mobs of rotting alien corpses animated by dark ether, plans of interstellar insects trying to steal a small planetoid for its energy signature, and most recently, ominous triangular ships of unknown origin that send spooky telepathic messages. But in my opinion, the most bizarre monsters in all of Seoul are a gang of heavily armed zombies made eternal by pint-sized cybernetic constructs, some of whom are lovers of folktales. Seoul may be a strange and crowded place, but the next time someone tells you of a bizarre new monster, like a shadowy click of pumpkin-headed phantoms, think twice before you dismiss them. That monster may be your new neighbor. Happy Festival of the Lost. Glint, the smallest monster. 
that's definitely a good point. That monster may be your new neighbor. I mean, according to failsafe, they are. Well, right, right. But like, I was, I was also <laughs> thinking of the elixir moving into the city. That's true. Like that is where my mind initially went. Can we take a moment and just enjoy that flavor text? Monster is a relative term. Just look at the drifter. That is some major shame. God, I feel so bad. You're already throwing shade at like Rindle once, and now we're throwing shade at Rindle twice. (laughs) Jeez. I'm so mean. God, Glint. I like how Drifter and Rindle, in our case, are just synonymous with each other. They're totally synonymous with each other. (laughs) But wow, like monsters. Why would he say that about the Drifter? The Drifter is so cuddly. Well, you, you've got to remember, like, our Guardian is the only one who knows everything that we've learned about the Drifter. So to somebody who doesn't know the Drifter like we do. Oh, that's true. And and for him to be like, oh, you know what? There's nothing like a, a crunch to a, a good hive or, or, you know, anything to that effect. Like, come on, that's that's. A horror movie, horror story thing to say. That's true. So, like, to the average person who doesn't know the Drifter the way we do, mm-hmm. I can see why Glint is is saying that. It's funny as hell. I mean. <laughs> uh-huh. But, yeah. Uh, alien robots that bend time, blot out the sun, and drive people crazy. Vex. Yeah. Floating witches that birth squirming hordes of cannibals, all driven to murder by parasitic parasitic worms. The hive. Armored walrus people who conquer planets and subjugate whole races. The cabal. Yeah. Undead mobs of rotting alien corpses animated by dark ether. Like at this point, he's literally just listing our enemies. Exactly. Because that's the scorn. Clans of interstellar insects mm-hmm. trying to steal a small planetoid for its energy signature, the elixir, mm-hmm. and then the pyramid ships. Right. Like, he literally just listed out all our enemies in a horror story way. So great. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. I do, too. It's great. Like, I just, I I love this tab. I love this Lord tab. This tab was really cute. Like, I've been, I completely have turned around on Glint, which makes me mad. Yeah, you have. And, uh, wait, way to stick to your convictions. (laughs) I, I hate pulled pork. I like Glint. Like, they are completely different characters at this point. Then they are. Like they well, are written completely differently. Uh, yes, yes, they are. Um, and and the one thing I am gonna say is that it's more of like Glint has that worldly experience now, whereas Pulled Pork didn't. Yeah, that's the difference. And he's much more enjoyable, and he's grown as a character. 
it's it's that 16 yeah. year old versus a 19 year old you know the the mentality is mm-hmm. completely different one it still has that idealized idea of oh yeah this is what life is gonna be and the 19 year old is like no this is how life really is <laughs> but yeah this this was a fun entry i'm i just i both of these plus kind of how fun i don't know they don't make up for the last three weeks of that book right but they kind of lessen it a little bit if that makes sense right like this doesn't make up for the nessus portion of it yeah but it does not make up for nessus at all (laughs) but nessus we'll never get nessus back that's not time we'll ever get back (laughs) (laughs) i mean I, i feel like the moon and and europa really make up for nessus Right. And we can even out how uneven that book was. If you take them all as one book, like those two really kind of help to hold Nessus up. But these two are good enough that it does actually kind of help to, I don't know. This is just, it's cute and it supplements because that's what they are. They're supplemental. Right. I love this so much. <laughs> it's it's so adorable. Again, taking these two entries as a prequel. Yeah. You know, I it's definitely a prequel. Yes. I love it. Now taking we we this we're done now. We're done with Festival of the Lost. Congratulations, us. Congratulations, everyone that listened. Right. You've made it. <laughs> we've we've survived. We're free. <laughs> now we gotta figure out what next. <laughs> Oh, God, that's easy. We have actual lore now. <laughs> we can finally do ripples. God damn it. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> oh, my God. Finally do weekly bullshit. My Lord. Yeah. Do you have any shout outs, Elmas? We've made it this far. Are people still listening? <laughs> uh, shout out to work husband. <laughs> it's been a while since i've it's been a while since him and i have actually sat down and gamed together um and we just sat down for a couple hours uh this past wednesday of like you know the 17th and we just chatted for a couple hours while playing minecraft really that sounds like so much fun it was good and and it had been a while since we caught up so it, it was just really good to catch up and get some issues that were kind of bothering us but not like at each other or anything it was just general life issues it just to to vent about those to each other it it was nice that's so great oh also shout out to my brother he has been suffering through the the nightfalls with me really oh of the 25 runs that I've done, he's probably been around for 18 or 19 of them. What about you? Shout outs? Um, shout outs to all of our listeners who made it this far through all the Festival of the Lost stuff. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. Oh, shout out to all of you guys. Like, <laughs> 
Wow. Um, also, I was on two different podcasts this week, this past week. Which is why we're recording on a diff- weird time. Which is why we're recording on Saturday. Uh, I was on Spinfoil Theory this past week. We were talking about Mass Effect. So um, thanks to La- Lady Lucida and Taylor B for that. That was a lot of fun. So that was a special episode um because anyone who knows me knows that like before i ever got into destiny i was really big into mass effect lore and know way more about that than i do about destiny lore so uh if you ever want to talk about mass effect lore hit me up i will talk about that until i'm blue in the face so we talked about that uh that was a lot of fun and then I talked with uh, Hyper Syntax on his video game crosstalk uh, podcast yesterday. So that was a lot of fun, too. We talked about NFTs and video games and random stuff. Talked about tree science. Nice. And things. So that was a really good time. I had a really a lot of fun. So thanks to all those really lovely people. <laughs> like everyone in the community is like super, super kind. So... Thanks to all of them. Thanks for putting up with me. <laughs> Thanks for you for like letting us record on a Saturday. It's a weird day to record. We never record on Saturdays. Anyway. anyway we have some special thanks. Special thanks for the episode. The audio for this episode was produced by Rendell Zevis. He's amazing. You can find him at Rendell Zevis on Twitter. Yeah, he is. The artwork for this episode. <laughs> yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. Wow. the artwork for this episode is courtesy of volshock b on twitter he is amazing we've been playing a lot of um halo infinite together uh the music in this episode is copyrighted bungie we're able to use it under their fair use policy because they love their content creators i think they tolerate their content creators but they still let us use their stuff so we're going to keep saying that if you'd like to dive into Destiny lore on your own, visit ishtar-collective.net. They are the resource we use to make our show notes. And we did actually use them this time. So thank you, Baxter. Thank you, Baxter. Thank you so much. Not you, Thank Oregon. you. Thank you, Baxter. No. No, fuck me. Thank you, Baxter. <laughs> Here's a couple of reminders. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore. You can find me at Hey It's Orchid. You can find Elemis at I underscore am underscore Elemis. You can send us an email at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. If 220 characters is not enough characters for you and you really want to yell at us, you can leave us a review wherever you can find the podcast or you can join our discord. It's discord.gg slash lore hub. Just join our discord. We're a lot of fun. We play a lot of Halo now. Because reasons. 240 characters? That's more than what's in Smash Brothers. What is it? Not for long. No, they just had the, their final characters announced. Or released. Their final characters? Oh my gosh. Sora from Kingdom Hearts. Oh, well then say goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. Um, I'm going to go investigate these Smash characters. Um, yeah, okay. Goodbye. Shit. Don't shit. It stinks.
Hey there. How's my favorite guardian living? You just couldn't stay away from a good time at Drifters, could you? <laughs> Can't say I blame you. Well, today, you're in for a treat. Because we've only got the freshest gambit around. Let me tell you what's all in it. First, we start off with a rich Lixney stock. Then, add plenty of X-Milk, some dark ether cane, and hive chitin for texture. Then, throw in a whole basket of blueberries, and top it all off with an exotic hand cannon. <laughs> Drifter knows how you do, brother. Now get on out there and get me some more moats. You know we'll keep it rich. <laughs> 